Oh, sorry guys. We totally messed up our plans because we forget. I forget things. We're going to we're going to take communion together, but we're going to do it at the end of the meeting. Okay. Is that cool? I think, you know, that's a it's a good way to respond to God's word, you know, at the end of a meeting. We used to do that when we were a part of Mars Hill. I know that might sound like a weird name church, but that's what it was called. It comes from the Bible. We were a part of Mars Hill for a year and they would always end their meetings with a response by taking communion. So we will do that together if you guys are, are good with just holding on for a little bit. I know you're starving for that cracker and that juice, right? Just can't wait. Can't wait to get that piece of styrofoam stuck between your teeth and try to pull it from the roof of your mouth. I don't know why we do the bread first. You know, it's just tradition because I just think you'd want to wet your whistle first before that bread gets, especially after an hour of singing, you know, you're a little dry. Thank you, Tao, for praying us out. Whoa, man, I'm just... I'm feeling something. You know, I, I just want to say that I believe the Father is in the room. <laughs> God is Father. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and the focus today is, is definitely the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is who the Father, Jesus said, was going to pour out. But we need to recognize the Father is here and Jesus is here and the Holy Spirit. Not three different gods, one God, three persons, blessed Trinity, we worship a triune God, and the Father is here, and he just, I, I feel like you need to hear his, his heart over you guys today, tonight, that he, you are powerful people. He designed you to, to walk in power, in your royal identity in Christ. I haven't done this for a while, but I, I got to do it, guys. I'm just, oh, there's that little plenty. You want to see the new addition to our family? Just, anyway. Shouldn't show you that right now. Yes, we have a starry blenny. Um, I haven't done this, we haven't done this for a while, but I just felt like this would be, <laughs> Ethan's like, did you have to show the fish? Um, I just felt like God wanted me just to do this. So I, I was not texting on my phone. Um, in the past, in our previous facility, um, people would come in and uh, oftentimes someone on their first time, and don't worry, don't get nervous. I'm not going to make you stand up or anything and uh, introduce yourself or something. But I, I just would um, just kind of, I try to get the heart of God for somebody. Um, so this is what I got. Are you guys okay with this? We're going to just take a few minutes and try to do this. Um, just what, what my heart is and God's heart is to bless you, bless each one of you in this room. Um, so I just felt like, uh, Rex, I've, I got a word for you that I feel like is from the heart of God. Can I, can I read it to you? Excuse me. I'm not going to cry. I needed to swallow at the same time. Can I, can I read it to you? Would you be okay with uh, maybe Anna and Jill, if they just put a hand on your shoulder on each side of you while I read this over you? Well, Rex, okay. Don't worry, they don't bite. I, as far as I know, they don't. <clears throat> I know Anna more than I know Jill, so just watch. Oh, you bite. Oh, boy. What they're doing is just, so when we ask someone to put a hand, they're just, um, they carry the Holy Spirit inside of them, and they're just releasing the presence of God from themselves onto you so that this word would encourage you, and it would come with, with a power, with the touch of heaven on it. So Rex, your name, do you know the meaning of your name? Yeah, it means king. It means king. 
And just like Jesus, you know, Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he was humble and mild when he walked the earth. I just feel like I, I see a, a holy, humble, and mildness on your life, yet royal in identity. Royal in identity. This is how God sees you. Royal, humble and mild, but royal. You carry royalty in your veins. He chose you before the foundation of the earth to be his, that he would know you and you would know him. He's known you all your life. He's walked with you all of your days. Even when you, you maybe didn't have a thought towards him, his thoughts towards you have always been constant. And he just, he sees you as the son that he designed, a son of, of Adam, a son of planet earth, that you would, would know how he sees you, that you would know the royal identity that he has over your life. He's walked with you all your days, protecting and providing like a good father, because that is what he is. And now he says to you, he says that you get to receive all your heart, with all your heart, that royal identity as a son in his house. So I believe he's saying this is, this is his offer to you. It's a free gift that you get to be a son in his house if you choose to say yes to him, that yes, I want to be a son in your house. And he says that he has a seat at his table for you. So we just bless you with that. We just bless you in Jesus' name. Yeah, yeah as you were speaking that, I felt like your heavenly father, when he looks at you, he's like, that's my boy. Like, that's my boy. You want to see a picture? <laughs> yeah, he just, he, his heart is just so, like, for you. Yeah. So, guys, just so you know that this, is, this isn't just for one person. Like, when you kind of hear the heartbeat of God towards one person, his affection for every one of us in this room, every human being on the earth whether they're a million miles away from him spiritually or been walking with him all their lives. He loves everyone. He wants all people to come to salvation. He does not want anyone to perish, to, to end their life apart from him. Um, he loves you, and he loves you so much. The value that he sees on your life is so high that he sent Jesus, his one and only son, to pay the price, to remove the one barrier. There's just one barrier, sin. It's the, the, the stain of sin on our lives. And Jesus made a way for that to be removed. He took it away on the cross. It was nailed on the cross. He took our sin debt from us, and he paid the price for it. And so now, anyone who chooses to come to him and just say, yes, I, I choose to follow you. I choose to surrender my life to you. You get to receive as a free gift that complete forgiveness that was paid for on the cross. It's done. It's already finished. Okay, so, Edward, yes, you're next. Your name, do you know the meaning of your name? No? Your name means guardian, protector, prosperous, wealthy, fortunate, fortune. The words fortune, prosperous, and wealth, as well as guardian and protector. So as I pondered, you know, your name is not an accident. No one in this room has been accidentally named. Even if your name has a weird meaning, God has something on that name. 
He has a, a plan for your, everyone's life, but for your life. And as a guardian protector who's prosperous and wealth, uh, has, has wealth and fortune, this is just what I felt God say, that God ordained you to be a protector. Like he chose you to be a protector. One who oversees and shepherds. So this is a, this is a, a mantle on your life that God has put on you to look over people, to watch over people, to, to guard people. Like you know when someone who's off is in, is in the, the vicinity and you keep a watch out, you make sure that no harm is gonna come to those that are under your protection, under your care. I just, I can just tell just by, I think everyone in the room could probably see that. Um, so one who oversees and shepherds, stewarding the treasure of heaven. So wealth doesn't necessarily just mean physical, earthly treasure. God has a storehouse of riches beyond measure, and he has, has called you to be a steward of his treasures, of his wealth, as a protector and overseer. Stewarding the treasure of heaven, of his kingdom, he is inviting you to step into it. See, there's an invitation. There's, oh, God speaks, and there's always an invitation. We can, we can re- reject it, or we can just kind of forget about it, or we can actually say yes to it and step into it. He's inviting you to step into his house, into his house, and become all that he designed you to become, a faithful son, a faithful son who looks after his children, lost and found. You have the heart of the Father wired inside of you. So we bless you with that. Is that okay? Was that good? Okay. I want a word. I want someone to give me a word like that. Do you need to add something to that? Yeah, I do want to add to that. (laughs) I just feel like the Father is saying, just look at me. Keep your gaze on him. And he, every worry that you have, just lay it at his feet and just let him do what he does. He's a good father, and he's not going to ever let you down. This is fun. I, I haven't done this in a while on a Sunday. I, I did nail a coworker two days ago. <laughs> <clears throat> I didn't tell Tammy about it. She's like kind of used to those things. The funny thing is when you do this with a coworker, you know, and you're dressed up like a mailman, you're not in a church building getting ready to preach or whatever, and people look at you like, what, where are you coming from? This is really weird, you know? And then you have to see them the next day and wonder what they're thinking, so it's kind of fun. Okay, Barbara. I'm sorry if if I've never given you a word personally, but you know what? Some of the most powerful prophetic words you could ever get to receive for yourself are the ones that you can speak over your own life. You hear the heart of God for you, speak it over your life. Beloved son, beloved daughter, I'm with you forever. My love for you never fails. Anyway, I'm just going to start preaching something weird here. Not weird, but okay, Barbara, your name. Do you know the meaning of your name? Yeah, you know, I saw it said strange strange and foreign, and I thought, well, that's not the heart of God. That might be something the enemy tries to put on you, but that's definitely not God. I felt like immediately when I saw stranger and foreign, not of this world. Like, you are not, we are strangers and aliens in the earth. That's what the Bible says. Strangers and aliens, we're foreigners. We We are waiting for a home that is yet to come while we temporarily 
walk this planet as representatives. So I felt like he said, you're not of this world. You're not of this world. <laughs> you are not worldly. You're not stained with worldliness. Your heart is his. It's in his hands. And you are so heavenly minded, so much that earth is changed by your ministry gifts. I don't know what those gifts are, but you probably know what some of them are. <clears throat> Excuse me. Some of them are. And you need to know that, that because you're so heavenly minded, your gifts really do impact the earth. They impact the sphere around you that you walk in. You represent, I like to say represent, you represent his kingdom well. I just, I heard you, you represent him well. He's pleased with how you represent him. So I, I typed, well done, faithful daughter. Why don't um, Cheryl and, and Jean, why don't you guys put your hands on each side? I forgot to do that to, these, to this guy over here, but that's okay. He's got a powerhouse next to him who was already just like agreeing with it. Yeah. So well done, faithful daughter. Well done. Royal ambassador for King Jesus. Just see it like a badge on your jacket. Royal ambassador for King Jesus. He's not ashamed to send you into places. Not ashamed at all. Where you bring heaven's culture. You get to bring heaven's culture everywhere you go. He's pleased, well pleased. So we just bless you in Jesus' name. I just feel like the Father loves to have fun with you. And just take those times just to explore with him just have fun and he loves i have this picture of you just climbing up on his lap and him just like yeah like you know just get to hang out with you and he like he loves that that delights him so much i see joy too i just you're marked with joy and joy is obviously you know one of the fruits of the spirit it's actually one of the three key fruits of the kingdom of heaven is righteousness peace and joy in the holy spirit and you carry his joy well, you're, you're marked with it, and it is a powerful facet of who he is that he's placed on you. Awesome. So, Gene, yes, you get one, two, and this is it. Sorry, everyone's like, what about me? You're probably, and then you're probably thinking, no, you're not that good at this. So, <laughs> so, so there, there you go. That's why you don't get one. I'm kidding. Okay, Gene, so you got a good name. You know what it means, don't you? Gracious gracious God is gracious yeah God is gracious you know when we think about God being gracious that is who he is and that is what he put in you when he made you he designed you with his gift of grace his graciousness is all over you so this is what I got he designed you to be a gracious gift you're like a gift when you walk into the room carrying like a vessel or a jar, the fragrant oil of King Jesus. That's rich. You carry his fragrance. You're like uh, the alabaster box that was broken at his feet. So expensive. Like the most costly perfume in all of creation. It's the fragrance of Jesus that you carry. Whew, yeah, you emit the sweetness of his holiness. It's not just... Good vibes, feel good, Jesus. It's like the sweetness of his holiness, his purity. You are his treasure. Like he sees you and you are his treasure. You are his treasured possession. He, he keeps you safe. 
and protected, like under lock and gun or something. I don't know. I'm just adding something that's probably, yeah. And so you need to know that there is power and authority that you carry as well. And you probably know a measure of it, but I feel like God is highlighting the fact that you carry a, a measure of power and authority that as you, as you place your confidence in that as who he made you to be, you're going to actually explode in it. We all need power and authority, and this is your invitation. Um, it's rich. It's like a rich deposit of power and authority. His grace is evident in your eyes, like you are gracious, the gracious gift of God. And it's evident in your eyes. And when people see your face, they, they see something of God coming through you to them. And they see his kindness in your eyes. So we just bless you and want to encourage you with that. And Tammy's going to add on to that. I am going to add on. I just see you like as a mother over people. Like you've got this fun about you and a gentleness about you, but uh, like you need to not do this sort of thing. And I feel like there, and it's, that's not a bad thing. We all need someone to come alongside of us and say, knock that off. I love you, but knock it off. And, <laughs> but I just, I see that over here. I see like you with like in the, I don't want to use the word authority in a weird way, but like you, like just, I guess just mothering over other women in your sphere. And I feel like God's even going to bring um, more women to you to mother. So just prepare yourself for that because I feel like there's like this, it's like a leadership mothering authority that you have. And that's so much, that's so needed in, in the church world. That's so needed. We need people that can come alongside and mentor and, and love and uh, sometimes rebuke and, you know, but in a good way and with love, you know. So I just see that on you. So we just bless you on that. Awesome. Well, that was fun. That was fun. That was fun. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, yay, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your thoughts towards us. You know, the Bible says that the thoughts that God has towards every one of us outnumber the sand of the sea. Like he's constant. Who else in the universe does he have to think about? unless there's like thousands of other planets with millions of people on them like this planet. But one thing we know, we are on this planet with millions of people and there is a God who made it and he is like watching. Yeah. Always watching. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so we're going to just shift gears a little bit. So we talked about the course coming up June 9th. Um, this is the book, Hosting the Presence. And you can, um, if you're going to take the class, uh, we already purchased 10 of the books and 10 of the workbooks for a number of you that wanted us to go ahead and get them for you. If you want to do the class, you just need to let us know. Um, you could either register through the church's Facebook page. It's not really registering. Just push that button that says, yes, I'm going to go, or interested, whatever. Or you just talk to us. You don't have to go through Facebook at all if you don't want to. But this is going to be awesome. So here's a little snippet sample of Bill Johnson in this course. So here we go. I'm gonna, can we sit down? Is, are you guys good with, good with that? I don't want to look at you like we're talking down, you know. No, okay, here we go. Whew, that was good just for that one-minute snippet. <clears throat> Makes me uh, ready. You know, and he said a couple things he said there. There is more. 
if, if the Spirit of God could rest on Peter or Paul, Peter, they took aprons that carried his, or no, it was his, his shadow, just walking by people, people got healed. Or Paul, when he's making tents, just the, the sweat coming off his body. The, the presence of God permeated every part of him. And that's not because they were special men that were any different than any other human being. That is available for all of us. And as Bill said, it's, it is all about a, parts of us that we yield to him. The more we yield over to him and just surrender it, he just wants to saturate. He wants to saturate each one of us so much with his presence that everywhere you and I go, healing happens. Uh, people, and I hate to tell you this, but demons might manifest. We've seen it. When, and, and sometimes this uh, presence of God that we, that we emit or that is released from us, it ebbs and flows. You know, and it, it is all about where we are at in our walk with him. And, it, and honestly, I believe it just has a lot to do with your, your awareness of his presence in the moment. Like we get so busy and we forget. And then when we, we tune into his presence, like having quiet time in the morning, well, yeah, then you feel his presence moving. You know, you, you can encounter him because you're focused, you're reading the Bible, you're singing some songs. But we get distracted by the stuff going on around us when you're at Fred Meyer or Costco or whatever. But we've, we've seen times where we're actually more intentionally focused on his presence with us. And we've walked into places like Fred Meyer and seen someone turn at the register looking like, well, they look like they're going to come back and rip our head off or something. It's kind of scary. Or people just looking at you like, what is that over your head? You know, We don't know what they're seeing, but I, I promise you that as you walk with him and, and just experience more of his life in your daily life, you, and it's something that you can grow in, and there is more. I, I guarantee you there is more. If Peter and Paul could walk in it, then there's more for us. And I, I can guarantee you'll notice people noticing. Something will shift. Anyway, that's, I don't want to go deep down that rabbit trail because there's stories we could tell, like my sister on vacation and the crazy guy out in the parking lot cussing and shouting, and then all she did was go out on the balcony and go, shalom, is that what you did, or you just breathed? Sometimes a physical act releases something spiritual. It's not like a formula, but sometimes, you know what we do to babies when they're crying? You just go, shh, shh, and they quiet down. There's a word in the Hebrew that most of you know, shalom, and it means peace and well-being, and sometimes you just need to speak over your own heart, shh, hush, baby, hush, baby, Scott, it's okay, don't cry. Anyway, you guys good? You okay? Okay. I'm hold this for a second. Okay, well, it's Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday. Um, I don't, we don't do the religious calendar, but we do want to acknowledge it in this room. And as every Sunday, always, we have an anticipation for God to move and come and do things. So we trust that even if you're not feeling something, that there's something in the atmosphere that heaven is doing. Heaven is at work more than I could ever imagine. And I'm thankful for that because if it was dependent on me, it would be a dud. I guarantee it. So let's take a look at some scriptures, you know. 
we're going to just talk about the Holy Spirit tonight. So this is the one member of the Trinity. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he told the disciples that wait in Jerusalem because the Father is going to send this gift. He's going to pour out this gift, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is that member of the triune God. The Holy Spirit is God. And so I think it would be important for us to, some of us be refreshed with, with the truths about him. And some of us maybe to hear for the first time. I don't know where everybody's at. I need to hear it myself multiple times. So it's important to know. Many people say, well, all people on the earth are God's children. Well, I would say in part, yes, but they have not been born again into becoming a true son or daughter of God. There's something important. See, every human being was made and created in the image of God. But not everyone is walking in a relationship with God, and not everyone has been born again. Not everyone has received the Spirit of God. So Ephesians 1 tells us that in Jesus, in him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, okay, so you you heard the salvation message, the gospel of your salvation, and then you believed. You're like, yes, I believe. It's true. At that moment, the Bible's telling us that you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is a guarantee. He guarantees that you have been saved, that you've been born again. He is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. That's Ephesians 1. Let's look at Romans chapter 8. I'm kind of a Romans guy. I've, this is my favorite book of the Bible. It's in the one actual paper Bible. That's where it's fallen out because I just loved this for 30 years. Romans is like my go-to book. Well, I mean, there's a lot of other ones, but Romans is a big one for me. Romans 8 says, You, however, are, and this is the passion. No, this is the NIV. You, however, are not in the realm of the, of the flesh, but you're in the realm of the spirit. If, so there's a big if there, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. Now, I just want to pause on that. If every person on planet Earth was already saved and God said, yes, you're my son or my daughter and you're going to be with me forever and eternity, I don't think that the author of Romans, inspired by the presence of God as writing this, would have said, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. There, there's an if. Not everyone has the Spirit of God living in them. You might have the fingerprints of God all over who you are as a human being. He made every person. He designed them. His, his, you are his handiwork. Even, even Hitler. I'll just pick the worst person I can think of. Charles Manson. You know, any of these people. They, God still loved them. And I don't know if they came to faith in Christ right before they died. I have no idea. But one thing I do know, God doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants everyone to come to repentance and come to salvation. But the fact is, not everyone has the Spirit of God living in them. Not everyone is born again, and Jesus made a point to talk about that. So, the scripture says, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. So that's important to know. If you're confused at whether or not you belong to God, all you need to do is is ask God, I I receive you, will you come into my life? Will you send Holy Spirit to come and live inside of me? And he's not going to be like, hmm, let me think about it. It's upon believing, upon believing and receiving him that the Spirit comes into you. And that's what Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, that you would be born again. Like a, a spirit birth takes place inside of you. You guys doing okay? Everybody doing good? 
Okay. I'm a little bit like trying to cram some stuff here, but okay, that's true. We could finish next week. Okay, so if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. This is good news. If you're a Christian, you got the spirit of life inside of you. And that spirit of God in you that you carry is releasing like a time capsule or time release capsule medicine. He's releasing life into your body. He's releasing peace into your body. I could go on with all the different things, but he, he knows what you need and he's, he's there releasing because he lives in you and he loves you. Okay, so let's look at Titus chapter 3. <clears throat> but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. And this is important, especially if you're newer at this coming to know Jesus and walking with him. It's not because of works done by us in righteousness. It is by faith we are saved, by grace, by grace through faith, not of our works, because God doesn't want anyone to be able to boast. He does not like boasting. He has a free gift that he gives to all people who come to him. So it's not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, justified means just as if I had never sinned, justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Now that was one big run-on sentence, and it's powerful. I would say you could take any one of these scriptures and just chew on them, spend some time praying over it and ask, talking to God about it, asking him questions. But one thing I want to highlight is that the Holy Spirit comes to regenerate and renew. He is all about renewal. He doesn't take a broken vessel and throw it in a trash heap. He takes broken vessels and he renews them. He, he breathes life into the cracks and into the, to the shattered parts. He's, he's the potter. We are the clay. He, he knows how to take us and reshape and, and reform and strengthen the structure of who you are. That's just who he is. And he's, so he, he regenerates. He brings newness of life. You might be getting older. You might be experiencing age. But on the inside, the Bible tells us we are being renewed day by day. So he is inviting us into a partnership relationship with, with him, the Holy Spirit, into this, this process of renewal. His mercies are new every morning. You feel like you might have messed up last week and you just can't step into his grace or his mercy? Well, his grace is new. He renews it. Every day is like a fresh day. The, yesterday is gone. You can't go back and fix yesterday. You can't take that page and go redo it again. All you can do is forget what was in the past and move forward with him. And he knows how to bring newness of life into every situation that you're going through. Renewal. We are all about Holy Spirit renewal. So that's what we love. We love to see his newness of life just washing over people, coming into our situations, taking broken 
broken relationships, broken hearts, broken bodies, and just see what he can do. He will amaze you at what he can do. Okay, so here's Jesus talking. I was mentioning this scripture earlier. <clears throat> he was talking to Nicodemus, one of the religious leaders, who wanted to know questions about what, what does it take to get to heaven? You know, how do I inherit the kingdom? And Jesus told him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Okay, if you're in this room, you're breathing, you were your flesh, and you were born of flesh. Your mama gave birth to you. Boom, there you were, changing your diapers and everything, carrying you around, burping you in, all that stuff. And now look at you, you're all grown up and able to do it yourself. <clears throat> you were born of flesh. Now you can be born once and die twice. Something people used to, these little quotes people make up, you know, to kind of explain a Bible point. You can be born once and die twice. You will experience a physical death. That's a guarantee for every one of us. But if we don't know Jesus, if we don't, if we haven't received his gift of salvation, then there is this thing that the Bible talks about called the second death. We're not going to talk about that tonight. Look it up on your own if you want to read about it. If you're kind of scared, you know, I don't want to die a second death because it's probably going to be like a really super hot vacation in Reading in the middle of summer. <laughs> <clears throat> or hotter. Anyway, I shouldn't joke around. It's actually serious. But, but that which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So when the Holy Spirit is birthed inside of you when you receive the gift of Jesus, when you receive the gift of salvation, your, your spirit becomes alive. You become regenerated on the inside. You become renewed. You've received a new DNA. You've become actually a new person. The old you is dead, and you are now a new creature in Christ. It's pretty amazing what happens when you give your life to Jesus, and he comes to live inside of you. You are something the earth has never seen walking before. Even your coworkers might say, well, you look the same, but you kind of look different, actually. You seem happier. You seem like you got a glow or something. All right. You guys okay? Everyone doing all right? Are you doing okay? Okay. So Galatians tells us in chapter 4, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, Jesus, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. That's us. So that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So the Holy Spirit comes to, to release inside of you the spirit of adoption, the spirit of sonship. And when you receive the spirit of God, God no longer wants you to approach him as, I'm just a sinner, saved by grace, I'm just a worm, you know, oh, you're my master and I'll do whatever you want me to do, just don't send me to hell. He says, no, 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 son, daughter, you belong to me. I have given you a new identity. You are now my son, my daughter, and I, I value you, and I've given you an inheritance in my house, and I've placed my spirit inside of you so that you can come to me, Father God, and call me that. Just as Jesus was able to go and spend time talking to the Father, you and I get to approach God as our Father. It's 
hard for some of us because a lot of us have father wounds. We have daddy wounds. But God is inviting you into that place with him where he can heal those father wounds, where you can actually begin to see daddy God for who he really is, the good, gracious, loving father that we, that we read about. <clears throat> Luke chapter 17. Let's see what we got here. Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. Okay, so let's just pause there for a second. So a lot of us, most of our Christian lives, early Christian lives, we're, we're waiting for the rapture to happen <clears throat> so that God's kingdom would fully come onto the earth, right? That, that is true, it will happen. The kingdom of heaven will come in its fullness someday. But many people live their whole Christian life waiting for the thereafter and not experiencing heaven here and now. They have not experienced the kingdom, the king's domain, the rule and reign of Jesus in the Holy Spirit in their life right now. And that is an important part for God, that God wants us to come to an understanding and get a revelation of. The kingdom of heaven is is later, but it's now. It's I like to say it's now and later. Isn't that candy or something? A now and later? Is that candy? I guess you just chew it forever. It's stuck in your teeth and it's still there five hours later. The kingdom of heaven is a it's a now and later. So he wants you to experience the kingdom now. You know, I don't remember who said it, but having a kingdom without the king, I don't know what that's like. Yeah, it's dumb. Actually, the way it's dumb. Yes, it is dumb. Yeah. Yeah, actually, having just a good set of Bible principles, but not, being, not having the presence of God in your life is like the kingdom without the king. We need the king in the center of our lives. We need his, his kingdom, his, his, his domain. We are all about, I am all about dominionism. Now, you can like look up words about dominion theology. I don't even know what that is, but one thing I do know is that I want the, the dominion of God, the, the reign and rule of King Jesus in my life. For me, I can't force it on you, but I can force it on myself. Sometimes I have to drag myself before the throne and say, God, I yield this part of me again to your throne. Come and rule your, and reign over me. Come and establish your kingdom in this part of my life. It's a lifelong process but it's worth it, and he's so good and gracious to just take whatever you give him, and he will say yes, and he just releases his fire on it. He just wants to release the fire of his presence on every part that you offer to him. See, worship really isn't singing songs. It's offering the parts of ourselves to him as a living sacrifice, made holy and acceptable through the blood of Jesus made pure. You have been made pure and holy and acceptable through the blood of the cross. So now you can take any part of who you are and present it to God as a living sacrifice, and his fire will come down on the sacrifices presented to him. You may not feel fire, but I, I like the way that sounds. It sounds kind of cool, because I think that's what he does. That's, he's, the Bible tells us that our God is an all-consuming fire. Read the Bible, read the, the visitations people had in the Old Testament when they saw God. I mean, Jesus, or the Holy Spirit, God appeared to Moses in a bush like a flame of fire. He was the pillar of fire at night. Anyway, we won't go down that, that trail, but he wants to take the sacrifice that you give him and he wants to consume it for himself.
He wants to just take it all because he's got good things in exchange. Okay, we good? We're almost done. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. So Paul in this passage was talking about, should you drink wine or not drink wine? Should you eat meat or only vegetables? Is it okay to eat pork? You know, if you're a Seventh-day Adventist, you're like, no pork. You know, we got to adhere to the Old Testament rules. And, you know, Jesus, you know, made sure that, that the apostles understood that, you know, he's, cons- he's spoken that everything is made clean. It's okay. Get up and eat, Peter. Kill and eat. You read about that in the book of Acts when Peter fell into a trance. So, by the way, trances are actually biblical. I'm not going to talk about that because I've never had one, but you know, maybe some of you can tell me some stories. But trances are biblical, and Peter fell into a trance, and he saw a sheet with unclean animals, and the voice of God said, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. And that was God's way of preparing him to go to the unclean Gentile people, the non-Jews, to take the gospel to them. And he has declared all things clean. It's not what goes into your body that makes you unclean. It's what comes out of the heart, Jesus told us. So this scripture, Paul was talking about that, eating and drinking. Does it really matter what you eat or drink? But he did, he did make a point there that we shouldn't do things that really freak out our brother and sister. Like if someone is really bothered by you having a glass of wine, then you shouldn't do it in front of them. You shouldn't hurt their conscience because Christ died for them. You should actually see them in love and respect their sensitivity. It's better to respect the sensitivities of other people than to shove your freedom that God has given you in their face because they may not be free to do those things. Same with vegetarianism. But Paul said it's not about eating and drinking. The kingdom of God is not about, it's not a matter of eating and drinking, but it's of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So in other words, the kingdom is in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God, it's not about food, it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of heaven is in the Spirit. So wherever the Spirit of God is, that is where the kingdom is. And when you have the Spirit of God living in you, you have a measure of the kingdom of heaven inside of you. And God wants to increase his kingdom. He wants to increase the measure of the Holy Spirit that you and I carry. Does that make sense? Is everybody good with that? Oh, then I had the Passion Translation added to it. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of rules about food and drink, but it is in the realm of the Holy Spirit filled with righteousness, peace, and joy, serving the anointed one by walking in these kingdom realities pleases God and earns the respect of others. You want to uh, earn the respect of others? You want to please God? Then be filled with the Spirit, and when the Spirit of God fills you, make it your aim to walk in righteousness and in peace and in joy. Lemon, persimmon-sucking Christians nobody likes you see those christians who are like mm, you know you need to get saved so you can be like me you know that's or not having peace just the world's falling apart you know everything's going bad and oh i don't know i'm asking god but nothing's happening you know that's that's not peace that's i don't know what it is it's something opposite righteousness god is calling us to a higher level of lifestyle. 
It's not about earning your salvation by doing, being, trying to be perfect in God's eyes. We can never earn it. It's already been paid for. You have received a free gift of righteousness through faith in Christ. But God wants us to walk in it. See, we receive the gift, and then that gift has to assimilate inside of us and begin to flow through our veins and then actually begin to affect how we walk on the earth. Instead of doing that bad thing that I used to do, I've got righteousness in me, and I don't want to displease the Lord, so I want to follow his voice. And I'm, now I'm going to do the opposite. I want to do what he tells me to do in this situation. Someone at the register overpays me $10 when they're giving me my change, and God's saying, no, don't just keep that as a, as a bonus gift. <clears throat> Take that back. I will be your provider. You don't need to get free money from a grocery store who made a mistake. It's just that kind of thing. It could go any level in your life from head to toe and any measure of your interactions in the earth with people and places and things, I guess. Okay. I think I'm getting a little tired up here. You want to preach for a minute? Nope. Okay. Anybody else? No, I, I shouldn't do that because someone someone will be like, give me that microphone. And then we'll never get out of here. So, <clears throat> Okay, so the point is, these are just all ministries of the Spirit of God. It's important for us to know why we've been given Holy Spirit, why he's been poured out to live inside of us, why God wants him to rest on our lives in power and authority. Let's take a look at this scripture. Isn't that the one we just read? No. It is. Did it move and I didn't? Okay. Oh, I had it twice. Okay. I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be seized with power. So we read that at the beginning of our worship time. You will be seized with power. You will be my messengers to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, <clears throat> the distant provinces, even to the remotest places of the earth. So that word, you will receive power or you will be seized with power. That, that word, here's your Greek lesson for the day, guys. That Greek word is this word where we get the word dynamite from. It is the word dunamis. And if you don't know how to pronounce it, they have pronunciation things there for you. Dunamis. Dunamis. It means force. Especially uh, miraculous power. Hmm. God wants to give you miraculous power. Dunamis. Usually by implication, a miracle itself. You need a miracle? God wants to release dunamis. He wants to release a miracle in your life, something that is not possible with man, but is possible with God. In fact, with God, we know all things are possible because when he says something and he speaks something, it comes in power and it comes with the ability to accomplish what it was spoken or sent out to do. So it's ability, abundance, meaning, might or mightily a mighty deed, a worker of miracles, power, strength, and even violence. Hmm. Where should we aim that dunamis violence at? Your neighbor? Your spouse? Your children? Satan, yes. I would say yes. The Bible says that the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. We do not wage war against flesh and blood, the Bible tells us. Ephesians 6. We don't wage a war. We don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenlies. 
Does that mean that people never are bad then? Well, no, that means that people get used by the enemy. The devil uses people. We have been called to become the gates of God, the gates of heaven. You are a vessel, a funnel of the kingdom of heaven. Many people have chosen to reject God and have chosen to bow the knee to, maybe they think it's themselves, but really you're either going to be a worshiper of God or you're going to be a worshiper of the spirit of the age, the spirit that, of disobedience that is at work in the hearts of the disobedient. Why was I going down that road? I have no idea but we're almost done. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. <clears throat> Even greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. <clears throat> if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. This is a wild promise that Jesus is giving us. Even you will do the same works that he does, even greater works than these. You want to be used by God to drive out demons. You want to heal the sick. You want to even raise the dead. With God, that's possible. In fact, those signs, Jesus said, would follow us as believers. So it shouldn't be unusual for us to go into a hospital room over a sick family member who might be dying and to lay hands on them and pray a prayer of faith, believing God is going to release a miracle. We've seen it many times. In fact, I don't even know of hardly, really of anybody that didn't make it after just praying that I can think of. I might have forgotten. But anyway, it's the, it's the lifestyle that God has called us into. His spirit inside of us wasn't meant to just be kept a secret. You know, he doesn't want to just have you hide that treasure of heaven. He wants to release his kingdom in and through us. And we're going to end with this. You want to hold this for a second? So we're gonna, we are going to take communion. Why don't you guys stand up? That'll help. You want to stand anyway. You're going to sit in the 